Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Tonight I have a new report to share with you in the first half of our podcast. In the second half we have a bit of a pod swap where you'll hear a conversation between myself and cryptid investigator Rob Bray. Rob is the founding member of the cryptozoology research organisation Facebook group and the host of Mysterious Cryptids. Rob interviewed me for his show and he kindly allowed me to share some of our private conversation with you all. Rob asked me about my experience when I was 15 and he then shared his experience of seeing a large black cat earlier in the year. We then chatted about the very strange cases that came in quite recently where a motorist saw a creature crawl across the road on its belly in front of him. You'll hear myself chatting about that case and some others. To hear the full interview and the other great podcasts, you will find a link to Rob's channel in the description below. First, I'd like to share with you what I would think was a horrible experience, watching something I cannot name slink across two lanes of the motorway when I was driving to work one morning. I chatted recently with a witness named Daryl Cobb, who has researched UFO activity for a number of decades. He has no in-depth knowledge of cryptids here in the UK. So for for over 20 years, he's had one experience that he's never shared publicly before. Daryl came forward and contacted me as he had no idea what the creature was that he saw that day. I'm not sure what it was either, but he did give me a really good description of it and how it moved across the road. It was after listening to one of my podcasts earlier in the week where I was speaking about the very strange number of reports that come into Cheshire, Ellesmere Port, Darren realised that he might have seen a similar creature. He also knows that area well, it's where he's from. The report he was interested in happened in the grounds of Tatton Park, a well-known country seat here in the UK. And this is the information that Daryl shared with me. This took place in 2001 or 2002 and he said, Hi Debbie, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now. I've just seen you on TV. I usually tune in each week to listen to the sightings and encounters that you share. I watched your podcast the other night that was centred around several strange creature sightings that happened in Lancashire. One of the sighting reports you shared, I felt was exactly the same as mine. I'm not sure what I saw that morning, and it's really hard to explain what happened. I encountered this creature way back in the late 2000, early 2002. The sighting you shared was about a creature seen by a man in Tatton. The man was explaining about the thing he saw as it crawled across the road in front of him. My sighting was exactly the same in detail except what I saw on the road was black and in Yorkshire, not Lancashire. This all occurred at the beginning of the M606 motorway at Bradford. I was travelling from my girlfriend's house in West Bowling to work and I know the time was close to 5.30. I was travelling to Ellesmere Port where I worked and I lived at the time. I'd stay with my girlfriend over the weekend and I'd travel to work, which took about an hour, an hour and a half drive. It was a journey I did often. So I'm certain of the time of day. I set off from home at 5.30 every morning and I probably entered that slip road about 5.32, 33. 
As I came off Mayo Avenue where the A road and the M606 meet, I turned to go up the M606. And as I did this, I noticed something large that was crawling across the road in front of me. And then it went out of sight. The motorway at that point on my side is made up of two lanes of traffic with the slip road on the left-hand side. There were hardly any cars around at that time in the morning. I noticed what I first thought was a dog in the middle of the lane. I thought maybe it was an animal that was injured in some way. Whilst thinking this, I could see that it was moving with ease and it wasn't injured. Its legs were working perfectly as it scudded across the road in front of me. The back end of this thing was higher than its front end. I saw no visible tail. I don't think it was a big cat or a domestic dog. It was all dark in colour and I'd say it was the same size as a Labrador dog, but it was not as bulky as that. The thing that I saw had to have crawled over the opposing slip road and the two empty lanes before crossing onto my side of the motorway. I've always wondered what I encountered out there that morning, and I've never been able to debunk this experience or explain it away. I was completely puzzled by it. I've only ever mentioned this incident just this week to a few people, as I do not know what I saw that day. There is at least one golf course that is next to the motorway at Cleckheaton end of there, but other people have told me there was also one closer to the Mayo Avenue end of the slip road. Now the area is mostly fields, woodlands and several small streams and brooks. A few points for you concerning your research and the cases you investigate. I noticed you had some reports in northwest of England close to Ellesmere Port. Beyond Rivica is the M53 motorway, which has a lot of fields alongside it. That valley also has a golf course with a number of wooded areas, and nearby is the Vauxhall Club. The road to this place is said to be haunted in one particular spot. Though I've walked it in total darkness very late at night, back in the 1980s. I have now lived in Bradford, and I have done for the last 19 years, and I've also lived in Pontefract for nearly two years in the Checkerfield area. A few hundred yards away from my home lies 30 East Drive, the notorious Poltergeist house. I spent most of my life living in Ellesmere Port, so I was intrigued by the sighting at Rivica. I know the area. I've delivered mail around there a few times in my short tenure as a poster. I chatted about all this on the phone to an old girlfriend last night, and she says that there are puma-like large cats that have been spotted around the area of Chester, including the area she lives in, which is Blacken. I often walk the Spen Way, which connects to the area where I saw the creature. There are plenty of decent-sized woodlands, streams and brooks that eventually connect to the River Spen. I've seen lots of wildlife there, but I cannot think of anything that I could have confused for that creature that I saw. Now, the account Daryl mentioned took place quite close to Chester. This happened in the Tatton area in 2015, and the witness in this case said, I'd like to report an incident that up until now I've only told to my family. But here goes. I was on my way to Northwich in Cheshire in the spring of 2015, when my Land Rover broke down. We were in the countryside next to a large stately home that I used to work for called Tatton Estates. 
It was just me and my dog in the car and we had to wait on this country road between two sets of woods for the rescue vehicle. We waited as the sun went down and I turned my light on so any other traffic out there could see the car as there are no street lights. It began to rain and my dog kept looking out into the woods to our left. He was whining but we'd been in the car now for up to two hours so I put it down that he was just agitated because of that. Just then a thing, I have no clue what it was, crossed the road right at the edge of the truck's lights. I could only just see it crawl like it was on its belly. It went across the road and over into the woods on the other side. You could see it was fur covered and it was a kind of light brown or just brown in colour. But as it was so dark and I could only just see it, I assume it may have been lighter in colour. My mind said, what the hell am I looking at? For another hour, I racked my brains trying to place this creature. It crawled like a soldier on its belly. I can't remember seeing a tail, and it was big, at least as big as a man. That park is full of deer and pheasant, and I'm not sure to this day what I saw. It moved like a skulking cat, but the size was too large for a cat, and its belly must have been touching the ground. My lights at this point were getting dim, and the battery was draining, so it wasn't clear. It was very fast, not slow like a person, but it had arms and legs, so that's why I said it crawled like a man. But after thinking, I did go down the big cat route, because what else could it have been? I remember doing a sketch, I can't find it at the moment, and the sketch ended up as a Sasquatch crawling on its belly. I remember thinking it looked like what I'd seen. Could we have hominids here in the UK? Is that possible? I myself doubt it was a man, he said, but I think it was a creature, not known to me, and to this day, I'm still unsure as to what I saw. That motion, this crawling across the road with his belly almost on the floor, I heard in the UK, in Canada, um, in Europe and Russia, almost like a soldier, belly crawling across the ground. We hear of Bigfoot doing it and we also hear of skinwalkers and dogmen doing it. Now, there are two reports in the Dorset area of the UK, which is a few hundred miles away. But we've got two independent witnesses on separate occasions seeing a very similar creature to what Daryl and the witness at Tatton described. This account took place in Dorset in 2013 and it actually made the newspapers and they said in March of 2013 a 17-year-old student by the name of Terry Lee Cox noticed a creature bounding around the playing fields just outside her house in Dorchester, Dorset. Miss Cox said, it was such a shock seeing that thing. I couldn't believe what I was seeing at first. It looked about the size of a small gorilla. It was walking like one as well. It was using its arms and feet. It was definitely a monkey of some kind because you could tell by its hunched back and the way it scampered across the field and up a tree. It wasn't a black dog or a cat. Miss Cock managed to quickly take a photo of the ape-like creature with a mobile phone. She tried to get a better picture, but the creature was no longer visible. Her boyfriend went to investigate the park moments later, but there was no sign of the creature. It had completely gone. If the newspapers 
hadn't done the normal sarcastic report that they did, they could have done a real good job on this because they may have made it easier for another witness to the same creature to come forward. I'm sure Miss Cox would have liked to have known that a lady living not too far away also saw a strange creature down on all fours that fits the description in the image taken by Miss Cox. Now, that mystery animal happened in, I think, 2003. And the witness said, when I came home one night, I had a really strange experience. It happened about 15 years ago now. I returned home late to my house, which was empty, and something crashed by me as I went to open the door. It came from inside my house, and it left through the flap, which I presumed it entered in the same way, but it was not a cat or a dog. I have no idea what this thing was. It resembled both a small, tailless monkey and a dog. It was a grey-black colour and was covered in hair or fur. I did see something in the paper many years later where someone else had seen a very similar thing in the park and that is Miss Cox's report that was made. So you've got two females who don't live that far from each other encounter an animal that they don't know, they can't describe. Each of them said that the front end was lower than the back. I think one of them described it as almost hunched. That's a description we hear quite often. They both use the words arms, I noticed, and not limbs or legs, and that's normally what you get in a four-legged creature. Each of them were certain it wasn't something they could identify. And as all of our witnesses tonight have given a different colour description, we must be seeing more than one animal, more than one creature, I would imagine. Now, in June of 2021, which is not that far away, there was a security patrol that saw a black thing as it slithered across the road. Now, our witness in this case has such a sensitive job that publicity would not be welcome. So the witness's job is to carry out close protection security on a big shooting estate in southern England, and I'm not going to give the area. I shall refer to him as IH for the purposes of this report. IH said, I was contacted by a fellow this week who shared his experience with me that he's struggling to understand. He explained that he and his colleague had seen something strange while out at work on the shooting estate. This happened around 10pm. They were on patrol that night and they were driving through the woods nearest to the lake when what they described as this black thing, it slivered or crawled across the road in front of them and then disappeared under a hedge. Now, the witness assured me that he's familiar with all British wild animals. He, he works on a shooting estate and he says he's never seen anything like this before. Oh, the way it moved was something he couldn't describe. He says he even has a job to describe it because the event is still playing over and over in his mind. It was around five to six feet in length, was a solid black colour. He said he isn't too keen on patrolling that anymore as they aren't always double manned and he often has to go out alone there. The witness went on to say he doesn't know what it was that he saw. It's like nothing he's ever seen before. One thing that might be worth noting, Deb, is that one of the other guys who works there saw a solid black cube on one of the bridges last year, which his torchlight wouldn't penetrate. 
All of these guys are ex-military and they've seen action, but these events still puzzle them. I wish I could tell these witnesses what the creature was that they each saw. I wish I could tell myself what the creature is that I saw, but that's impossible. And it's a burden that's placed on my shoulders quite often. What each of us have in common is that we've seen or experienced something in an ordinary place on an ordinary day that is completely impossible and sometimes mind blowing. But there are so many people like that out there is one of the reasons we should do these pod swaps. We should get guests and witnesses on these shows talking about it. When we do that, it normalizes the conversation. So you don't feel silly or you know, you don't feel like if you declare something or you share something, you're gonna be ridiculed. That's not what I've set out to build and it's not what the other members of BBR have set out to build either. We want to make a place where it's completely okay to just share whatever happened to you, regardless of what that event is. As I was talking with Rob, we were just discussing private things backwards and forwards. And I think he put a really good interview together about that. And as I say, I've linked his channel and his podcast into the description below. Yeah, yeah. Great, great. And I think it's okay to say, I don't know when you're interviewing someone. So like yeah, a lot yeah. of people will take my word as law. So they'll say like, so Deborah, what are dogmen? And it, yeah. it's okay to say, actually, I don't know what they are. I take the witness right. account for them and I, you know, I document them. But I have no understanding of what they are. You know, that's, no. I don't think anybody does. I was no. speaking to a witness yesterday um, and he he saw something 20 years ago in um, actually not too far from where you are. I need to pull it up. Cleck Eaton, he was in. Yeah, it's just not far from me at all. Right. So do you want do you want us do you want me to talk about that a little bit when we tape yeah, today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Like I say, I'm I'm happy just to um Yeah, because yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. like I say I, I sent you some stuff before from like big cats and stuff that I saw. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. So the world, the whole world of cryptozoology is interesting, and yeah, and yeah, I, I know what you mean about you know these stories when people say, "What is a dogma?" Yeah, absolutely, it's fine sometimes to say, "I just don't know." Yeah, I just don't know. That, that's yeah. it. And the witnesses themselves don't know, and it's a lot of pressure to put on them. So yeah, yeah, that, that's I think because I had such a unique upbringing. Um, mm. I was, when I was 15, I mean, I was in Salford. It's a, it's a mill town, you know, there's a darker yeah. mill and a, and a, a pit. So there's not mm. a whole lot of, uh, you don't learn a lot about cryptids growing up there. So it wasn't like I had a no, knowledge of the subject. I had no idea what it was. Mm. Just the only thing I had was the experience, if you get what I mean. So yeah. I was 15, 1982, mm. and We'd done um, our mock exams. It would be in O-level and GCSEs back then. And we'd done them. And we were at the time of the year where basically not everybody goes in school. So we're watching a film or we're watching this. You're just counting the days out till the summer holidays. So I decided uh, that I wasn't going in. I was just going to go and play in the park. I was always in the park. And I met my friend at what we would call the dog entry. And none of us know why it's called that. It's like an old Victorian stone walkway that wound up to the park and it's actually still there to this day um mm -hmm. and she said to me you're going in and they said no i'm not going in i'm going to go into the park and she went yeah i'll come with you and that's how it started so 
there's an old mansion house in there um just left to rack and ruin really it's an absolute shame so there used to be like this huge orangery and it had a butterfly garden in there and it used to be a beautiful place to go but then the council bought it and it went to rack and ruin um mm. and there is actually mine shafts underneath it so when i was a kid you could pay um like 20p and they'd take you down in there you say mine shaft because I, I i firmly believe that caves and mine shafts must be they must be linked to these things so knowing about the mine shafts, I suddenly realised that at the bottom of the park, there was what they call a sluice. So in the, the area where it would flood, there's a huge yeah. sluice tunnel. And that came out in the what we call the country park, the Irwell Valley River, um, and lots of deer down there. And the, the it just flows till it gets to the Pennines. And then as you get to the top of it, around about Ramsbottom, we have a, no, a cluster of reports. So all along the River Irwell, we tend to have reports of strange cryptid creatures, missing people and really unexplained deaths. And that's where my interest lied. So at 15, there was no internet. There was nothing I could look up. There was no online. There was none of that. I went to the library and I asked the lady if they had any literature on cavemen that live today. So I'm looking for a, a, a living hominid. That's what I think mm. I've seen. At the time, I described him as being a... He was a, he was a, an ape and a man pushed together. Yeah. He had a very pronounced brow ridge. Um, mm. I would say normal mouth, no canine mm. teeth, nothing like that. But he was a monster. He wasn't a person. He wasn't a man in a suit or one of the boys playing tricks as us or anything like that. And I only noticed him because we were both sat down on the ground and we were probably talking about who fancied who and where we were going that night because she's a typical 15-year-old girl chap. Yeah, yeah. I noticed a movement in the corner of my eye and I honestly thought it was going to be a teacher. And mm. I thought I was the right crossley, you know, back to school kind of thing. So that's what I was expecting. Mm. So f or one of the lads we knocked about with to jump out of the bush and scare us. Yeah, I thought... But, but I only had a split second, so you're thinking, oh, shit, something's on the other side of that bush. Hmm. And I thought that, I made eye contact with him, and he looked at me and I looked at him, and he didn't do anything to scare me, Rob, but just looking at him was terrifying. Yeah. So I can only see from, like, mid-chest up. I can see shoulders, not much of a neck and head. Never saw his ears. I don't know if he had ears or not. I presume he did, but because the hair was long on its head, I didn't mm -hmm. see them. And I'm laid down looking up at him, and he's looking down at me. Say like, sorry, would you say like, like a, a head that was like straight down to the shoulders, or was there like a neck? Or I don't distinctly don't remember a neck. I'm going to be honest. I remember the face because yeah. I was glued to his face. I honestly thought he was going to reach out and grab me and drag me into those bushes. Now, normally, if there's any trouble, for all I'm only little, I'm normally the person that puts myself out front. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, at any point, if someone was being bullied, then I'm on their team. Do you get what I mean? And I'd be like, yeah. right, try bullying me and let's see what happens. Yeah. I did the exact opposite of that that day, and I'm still ashamed of it. Um, I pushed her to the floor without thinking. There was no mm. common thought went into it. I just saw him, and I pushed her to the floor, and I got up on my feet and I ran as fast as I could. And I turned back to see if he was coming after me mm. or whether he was going after her. And he didn't do any of that. He just leant back into the greenery and he, and he were gone. He was just gone, which right. is absolutely impossible. Yeah. 
I, I, I get, I've spoke to other people that describe the same kind of, not the same kind, but similar mm -hmm. kind of thing that it, they were there one minute and then the next minute gone. Yeah, that was you it. Know. That's what I was left with. So I just ran, I don't even remember running away. I've got a missing time amount of about 20 minutes there. So I've run through Beulil. I've gone through Light Oaks Park because at the time we lived on certain flats, but my parents would buy houses and do them up mm -hmm. and then sell them. And that's how we ended up getting a house in the countryside. So yeah. I, I knew that that's where I was going. But as I got to the East Lanks motorway, I realised I had to cross what we would call the Dell. And the Dell's mm -hmm. just this area of like scrapland. It's like a small valley and mm -hmm. the grass in it's about six feet high. And I remember a part, conscious thought of, I bet they're in there. Hmm. So already at that point, I'd, I'd, I must have been working out in my head that he was real in some way. Yeah. Did you feel? Did you feel like it was a threat? Like, I did. Like, yeah, I did. Yeah. And I think in the same sense that I've tried to um, rationalise it now. I'm an adult. I think in the same sense, Rob, that if you walked out of your door tomorrow and there was a lion or a black panther in your garden. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I had something similar. I mentioned with you before about the big cat sighting I had. It was. Hmm. It was huge. It, it was a cat. It, it looked like a cat. It looked yeah. like a panther. I think it was a panther. And it was it, it was massive. It was huge. It was like a, yeah. bigger than the biggest dog you could think of. It, and yeah. it, yeah, it, when you have a big dog, you, you often have like, the sh if you think of like a big Labrador or something yeah. like that, you, you think of the shape of them that could be quite barrel almost yeah. sometimes. Yeah. This, this wasn't. It was slender. It was muscular. You could tell it was. Yeah, stopped for about five, six, maybe seven seconds in front of me. It was surprised to see me. Yeah, I, yeah. I spend a lot of time out out in the woods. I spend a lot of time out and about. I, I do a lot of investigations of like mm. cryptic sightings and stuff. I just find it interesting, so I go do it. Yeah. Um, hence why I'm now doing the podcast. But um, yeah, this thing was surprised to see me. It was, and I was surprised to see it. But it, it was surprised yeah. to see me, and it just walked in front of me, looked at me for a, a couple of seconds. Didn't care that I was there, and it just yeah. walked off, and it, and then I were it. I, I I describe it as I was going down a path, but it wasn't really a path. It was more of a game trail. Yes. Yeah. So it was more of a game trail, but it was like mm. a well used game trail. So you could get mm. through it, but it wasn't what you would call a path. And yeah. there was bushes and trees either side, and it came from the. It would have been my. So I'm facing it. It would have been my right. It came yeah. across, stopped for a couple of seconds, and looked straight at me. And then didn't like, you know, like jump off or run off. It just strolled off. It didn't care that I was there, and it just walked off. And when I saw that, my first instinct was, I have to get out of these woods. Yes, that's it. If it wanted to, it could have attacked yes. me, and I wouldn't have had a chance. Imagine being in that woodland, and it isn't a cat that comes walking out of that tree line. It's something that's about seven foot tall, completely yeah. hair covered. Looks like a Neanderthal, but far more hairy. Man Did you say it was startled to see you? Yeah, I think it was a shocked that we were there as we yeah. were that it was there. At this point, myself and Rob chatted about what it was like for me to be married and to go through all of those things and what it was like to investigate. And I explained to him that I don't do any on-the-ground investigation anymore. But fortunately, through BBR... I have volunteer investigators all across the country. Then I explained to him about a case that came in quite recently to me. 
And like many of our reports, they can often be historical. And when I say that, I mean sometimes just five or ten years before, but they're not current. They haven't happened in the last month or so. I explained to Rob about a recent case that had come in in the Cleckheaton area of Yorkshire, and it happened on the M606 to a driver about 20 years ago now. Um, and where I start off is as the driver's turned out of Mayo Lane and he's heading for the slip road. And he mm-hmm. turns onto the slip road to get onto the M606. Mm-hmm. He said something, it's 5.30 in the morning. So he was travelling from there because he worked in Ellesmere Port. So he said, I know what time it was, Debbie. It would have been half five, 25 to six, something like that. There's hardly any other cars on the road. And this thing comes out of the side of the slip road and crosses the motorway in front of him. Mm-hmm. And he said, at first, I'm thinking, is that a cat? Or is it a dog? And why is it walking so weird? Has it been hit by a car? So I said to him, what do you mean? And he said, the way it was, its limbs were moving, it was moving, Deb, but not like anything I've ever seen before. It was almost belly crawling across the motorway. So I said to him, I've actually heard that on a a number of occasions before. Can you tell me more about what it looked like? It did not have a tail. He said it was black in colour, almost the size of a Labrador, but much, not as bulky was how he put it. So we're looking at a streamlined creature. And the reason he got in touch with me was he decided after 20 years of UFO research that he was going to go and find out what this thing was that he saw. So he's seen it in 2002. 2003 so almost 20 years ago so he puts in creature crawling across the road and i've got a a report that matches it exactly in the tatton area of cheshire once again it's dim light guy in his um he's in a jeep he's waiting for the rac to come out to be honest so he's just got his engines idling because the dog's in the car with him and this thing comes out from the right belly crawls across the path and goes down the embankment and he said to me, it had to have been a cat, Deb, because it couldn't have been anything else. So I said, describe it to me. And he said, no, it didn't have a tail. <laughs> and it didn't have ears on top of the head, but it had to be a cat. So I just left it with him. I said, right, well, if that's how you're reporting it, it's a cat. But we've got this similar creature, not that far apart from each other, mm-hmm. belly crawling across the road. And I don't know anything that belly crawls. And they both said that the back legs were higher than the front. I don't know what that animal is. Hmm. What do you do with that? You know, so I had to say, I don't know what you saw, but I know other people have seen it. I've got two witnesses in the it. One witness actually drew it. Right. And she drew this creature. I'll send it over to you. And this is up on its back legs, are higher than it's down at the front. She was just looking out the window. It was a park. It was a really dim day. And this creature walked across the park, down on four legs, all black in colour. Wasn't a cat, wasn't a dog. She wasn't sure what it was. Mm-hmm. About four mile away, years later, I get somebody who writes to me and says, I've had this really weird experience a number of years ago, and I think you're the only person who might know what I saw. She's coming home at night, probably about 6 p.m. It's really dark. And as she gets near her home, this creature comes running out of her house. Mm-hmm. Just charged past her and went off. And I said, what did it look like? And she said, his back legs were higher than its front legs. It was all black in colour. And it didn't have a tail. I didn't see any ears or anything like that. But it had to be a cat or a dog, didn't it? So I said, well, if you think it was a cat or a dog, well, that's how we'll report it. These witnesses don't know what they saw. I don't know what it was that I saw. 
And that's how we deal with it. We say, right, well, do you, if you want to investigate your case, why don't we get a couple of guys to come down and meet you and you can show them where it happened? And then you've got other opinions and thoughts and investigation skills that you could use in that area. Because there's not one place in the UK where there's only one encounter. As I say, the entire interview is up on Rob's podcast. Just check out the description below and pop over there if you want to hear the rest. If you want to see the photographs that have been spoke about tonight by the witnesses, I have included a link to the website so that you can go and see them. You might enjoy the website. I often add sighting reports there and articles that come in from all around the world. I don't just do the podcast. Uh, I actually do a website as well. If you want to su support BBR, you could click like or share this video or just tell people about us. You could become a patron or a YouTube member. There are lots of ways that you can help out by researching online or becoming an investigator. But if you check out the links below, you'll see a link tree to all of our social media sites that are all free, all of our podcasting sites, and you can find us on your normal podcast, as you can with Rob. Over the next few months, I'm going to be bringing a few other podcasters on who've become investigators for BBR because they've had their own experiences. And what we all want to do is help ordinary folks like us investigate extraordinary events that happen to them and of course as i do that we'll bring you along so that's tonight's uh, case files for you but i'll be back next week at the same time as normal if you tune into the saturday premiere you'll be able to join in the chat on the side of the video i'll be back next week good night everyone <laughs>